This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to set the table for all your Sunday action. Laying out all the best bets. It's the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on the BetQL Network. Into week 13 we go. Good to be with everybody once again. Alex Gold with you and KJ Carson in for Grant Paulson. It's been a little while, KJ. I think you and I hosted maybe a month and a half, two months ago or so. And uh, you're in the Boston area. I'm in Kansas City, obviously. Both teams in a much different spot than the last time you and I were hosting together. Alex, I told you, don't worry. Good offenses travel, good running game, good good coaching. All that stuff matters when you start getting into winter months. I Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, you got it. And guess what? I promise no fake accents on this show. Uh, I'm not going to pick up. You know, I'm hosting with a guy that does radio in Boston. I promise you in the next hour, I won't suddenly develop a Boston accent like our friend Brian Kelly. Yeah, don't be a lobster. Don't be a lobster, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can promise that's not going to happen. We'll get to our spotlight games in just a little bit. There's three really juicy matchups here in the Week 13 slate. Of course, we'll give you our Sunday studs as well as our pick six. But before we even get into our spotlight games of the week, I think it's interesting as we sit heading into week 13, if you go back to where we were at a year ago at this time, it was the Bucks coming off a week 12 loss, ironically enough, to, to Kansas City, and then the rest is history. They went out, they go on their way to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. If you had to pick one team right now that is coming off a loss in week 12, and there's a couple candidates that you could see going on a run like the Bucks did, the Bucks of this year. Who do you think that team is? Oh, it's tough for me to say, but I think they have to do it, and that's the Rams. I think when you spend all that money and you take a shot on Odell Beckham, at the same time you have a, a, a major injury to Robert Woods. Uh, Matthew Stafford has looked so, so it, it poor at times. Uh, this is an all-ins push thing that you have no draft picks on the horizon, So, and, and you're playing Jacksonville. So I think the Rams have the best chance to turn the ship around. And at least they're built they're built very much like Tampa, where it's like, look, if we can just get into the playoffs and we've got professionals and all pros who know how this game works, who've been in playoffs, um, if you're in a situation with uh, Von Miller, you've won a championship, uh, you're going to start listening to these guys you've paid some money to. I would just make sure I'd keep the kicker's nets away from Odell Beckham He's might he might be two weeks away from it. So there's a team for sure that took an L last week, but will get the W this week to start the the train moving forward. It's going to be the Rams. Yeah, the Rams, no question, are all in. I mean, that they're in a dangerous spot if they're not able to get this thing back on, on the tracks pretty quick. I, I think it's the Cowboys, though. I mean, they lost on Thanksgiving, as we know, to the Las Vegas Raiders, and they already played this past Thursday against the Saints, and it wasn't necessarily a great performance all the way around against the Saints team that had you know, Taysom Hill as their quarterback and playing quarterback, I should say, uh, really acting as a quarterback in the NFL. Because I, I hopefully by now Sean Payton realizes Taysom Hill is not the uh, not the future quarterback there in, in New Orleans. 
Uh, he's just he's just a Tim Tebow at best at this point in time. I mean, really, that's that's what Taysom Hill is. He's just, well, he can throw the ball back. further than Tebow. I mean, Tebow had to wind it up like a like a like one of those old time dolls where you just pick <laughs> it up. It's like okay, he's gonna throw it. At least with Taysom Hill, he'll throw it. It's just not accurate. And in fairness, I mean, he busted his finger, but he's definitely not the future of the Saints for sure. Yeah, I think it's the Cowboys on a team that could go on a run. They're still pretty good shape in that division, first and foremost, because Philadelphia had an opportunity to maybe make it interesting last week, and then they lose the Giants, and there's still that wiggle room for the Cowboys. And so much of the Cowboys' issues, I at least think, have been you know, COVID-related, some injuries, and now they're starting to get everybody back. I really like the, the skill position players, of course, for the Cowboys. The one thing they got to do, though, and I don't understand what's going on with Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, is just rest Zeke the rest of the season until you get to the playoffs. There's no reason for him to be playing. He clearly is not healthy. And Tony Pollard is the better back right now. So I don't understand why they continue to send Zeke out there. Well, because Zeke makes a lot of money, and this is an owner who <laughs> talks about, I pay you a lot of money to play football. So, and, and remember, how you how you got them to the dance is how you have to take them when you leave. I don't want to say go home. That could be politically incorrect. But, I mean, Zeke was, on, <laughs> it was in Cabo. So you can't say, hey, I need rest again. No. You, we need him for the momentum, but I think Tony Pollard, you may not want to overuse him too much because then teams could say, well, we really don't have to game plan for Zeke when we know that Tony Pollard was who they want to use because Tony Pollard right now looks like RB1 for the Cowboys. And I think that's going to help them down the line, especially with the pass game. It seems like Zeke is just running into his offensive lineman. It's, he just doesn't seem himself. So, But guess what? Jerry says, and I'm going to do my bad accent, Hey, buddy, you got to get back in the game. <laughs> He's KJ Carson. I'm Alex Gould. We're just getting started here on the Sunday spread. Let's get to those spotlight games, though, here in week 13. And there's no question where we're headed to start things off. That Monday night showdown in Buffalo between the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. New England, two and a half point dogs. The total at 42 and a half. And this is one of the biggest games in Buffalo Bills history. If you really consider the, the circumstances that have got us to this point in time, A, it's taken the Buffalo Bills uh, not, not having the type of season that everybody thought they potentially could have. It looked like the AFC with the way Kansas City had started out. This was going to be a grand opportunity for the Bills to, to get a firm grasp of the AFC. That, of course, has not happened. And meanwhile, in your neck of the woods there, KJ, you've got the Patriots who are only going to, what, miss one year or so of being relevant in the AFC conversation? Their next three games, to me, are going to decide everything, and, and we'll get really any questions anybody has about the Patriots, and I certainly have some. All those will be answered. They got the three games, two against the Bills, one against the Colts, and it all starts on Monday night. Yeah, Belichick is an oldie but goodie, and, and his theme song right now is Don't Mess With Bill. You don't know the song, Google it. But Bill is a bad, bad, bad guy. And the thing about December football in the Northeast, uh, outside of the Jets uh, and Miami, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is you have to effectively run the ball. And if you notice the line, the line started off at three, plus three, and now it's down to two and a half. Well, because Vegas knows what we know, that with 25 mile an hour winds, with precipitation on Monday night, Buffalo is going to do what Rick James did in the Chappelle show, who's from Buffalo, in, in, into the living room couch. I mean, the, the Patriots are just going to come into their home and put their feet all over their couch because Josh Allen is going to, at this point, what we've seen over the last several weeks, he's going to turn the ball over once or twice in the game. And when you're the second leading rusher on the team, 
and your leading rusher only averages 45 a game. The whole scramble right throw deep to Stephon Diggs for 30, 40 yards is out of play. So for those who've always said, well, Mac is Jones is just a dink and dunk guy. What a better time to have dink and dunk than in heavy winds and precipitation. So this is the genius of Bill Belichick of saying, look, I'm going to put players around you, John Smith, Hunter Henry, even your receivers aren't going to matter that much where you can run the ball, pass the ball out of the backfield, throw it across the middle. This is a game that is perfectly designed for the Patriots. And Vegas, shame on you. You know that the Bills, you know the Bills are going to lose at home. That's why that number is going down. Obviously, and not even being a homer on this one, I'm taking the Patriots as the dog to win the game. Not only cover, but win the game. Yeah, we've got our pick six, and I've got to play on this game. I can tell you we're on opposite sides for this one. Some of it is a little bit of a contrarian play on my end, to be completely honest, because every team in the AFC has kind of had, you know, their week where they're the team that everybody's talking about. You know, it was the the Buffalo Bills after they beat Kansas City. It was Tennessee after they beat the Buffalo Bills on that that turnaround. You know, every, every team in the AFC has had their moment, and this is the, the Patriots moment, right? I mean, and rightfully so. They've won, you know, what, six in a row, and or excuse me, six in a row yeah and people are feeling new england patriots and so i get the thought process in the weather certainly could have an impact i just go back to that that thanksgiving game against the saints for buffalo and i know people's perception of the saints is pretty down considering their current losing streak but that defense i still feel is still one of the better defenses in football and but they played like, the Saints. <laughs> the well, same they, bad Saints we saw on Thursday night with yeah, the but same not, bad Saints on Thanksgiving. That Saints defense, though, is still one of the better defenses in football. I understand that offense is putting them in bad spots, and I, and, and I believe that's a breakout game for Josh Allen. That was one of his better performances we've seen in the last month or so. Much like people, you know, wondered, you know, the, the Chiefs against the Raiders on Sunday night football, and it was Mahomes' oh, breakout really? game. You're buying the Bills? The, I can yes, be the yes. I can be an exceptional tree in a third grade play. I'm six four. I would I would not be intimidated like a ten year old. And I think this is really one of the Bills' first tests. Look at what what they did at home against Indy and what Jonathan Taylor did to that team. It was absolute slaughter. And this is more along the lines of what you're going to see. It's going to be cold blooded. That's another Rick James song. But it's it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> It, it, Buffalo is going to learn that all these eggs they put into their basket about Josh Allen being their everything. If you cannot run the ball in winter months and you're on, I don't know, one of the Great Lakes, it's not going to it's not going to bode well for you. It's not. So we, so we know where you're headed on this game. I think you can already tell on the pick six. We'll have some more thoughts. But I'm still up in know, the air, right? Yeah, yeah, clearly, clearly you are, and. Look, I, you know, for once we have a Monday night football game that actually is the best game of the week. I mean, this has been long running where ESPN's kind of gotten screwed on all the primetime games. I think they're starting next year going to allow them to start flexing some of these Monday night football games, which will help. But this one landed right in, in ESPN's lap, and it's a huge, huge game. And any again, any any questions, any pushback I have about Mac Jones and the rookie quarterback and, the, and what can he do in the playoffs, a lot of that can get answered on Monday night because I still – think it's awfully tough and we're looking big picture in the AFC not so much just with Monday night a rookie quarterback in the playoffs history tells us they're not going to the Super Bowl but that's not what the expectation was in New England so even if they if they win the division and they get to an AFC title game I, I think Patriots fans would be absolutely thrilled that they got their guy meanwhile everybody's watching you know Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields struggle 
Well, they're going to continue to struggle. I think Mac is in the perfect situation with Bill Belichick. No question. All right, other spotlight games. Let's go to the AFC West and the AFC North showdown. Chargers, three-point dogs at Cincinnati. The total at 50 and a half. And I think this is really an elimination game, a little more so for the Chargers, but also to a certain extent in the wild card for the Cincinnati Bengals. You look at the Chargers, if they lose this one, they fall to six and six. They're coming off that loss to the Denver Broncos. They have been so Jekyll and Hyde this year, have the LA Chargers. I'm a big Justin Herbert fan, but he, over the last month or so, ha hasn't played like the, the top 10, top seven quarterback or so that I think he really is in the league. And you start looking at their upcoming games. If they lose the tiebreaker by losing to Cincinnati, they got Kansas City in a couple weeks as well. They blew their opportunity to control the AFC West. I think the Chargers are in big time trouble for a defensive minded head coach, Brandon Staley, to have the worst rush defense in football is a big, big problem. Yeah, and when Joe Mixon is the one running the ball at you, it doesn't look any better. It, it almost feels like the Chargers are, are starting to become that Enigma team that they were last year, but in reverse. So if you remember last year, they just stunk it up to, be, to begin, but there was hope in Justin Herbert. Then he takes his L's and they turn it around. Now you have a team that started hot and they're starting to head into that path of like, oh boy, you have all this talent on both sides of the ball and you, what's going on it, it, it sometimes with the rookie you know it's like a brand new music group right their first album is incredible the second is the sophomore jinx and maybe justin herbert's seeing a little bit of that and maybe the team bought a little bit into their press clippings of that look this is the team to watch even at the beginning when you if you're doing fantasy with quarterbacks i was like look justin herbert maybe a better choice than even Patrick Mahomes this year. So I, I think when you hear all those things and when you're the second fiddle in your own stadium, those things do play in into it. And when you're going across country, oh, they've, they've really wet the bed when, when they've gotten on a plane to play a game. So the Chargers, if they lose, you're absolutely right. Even, even what's going on in the AFC West, it's starting to become a clearer picture with the Chiefs. And I'm sure we'll get to the Raiders later, but this is really the Chargers, you know, like last man standing on the hill game. I'm with you. And I have a play on this game as well. It's one of my other pick six. I, my only question with the Bengals, and you're right about Joe Mixon, because Joe Mixon has been the biggest difference suddenly is Cincinnati's defense, which is, you know, what really had carried them as much as anything. I know Jamar Chase got all the headlines, but that defense was really good the first six or seven weeks. That defense is kind of going to come back to the to the pack a little bit. I understand what they did against Pittsburgh last week, but I think you and I would both agree that Big Ben is done. He's old. He's washed up at this point in time. Yeah. And so I don't view the Steelers as impressive as a win as that was. I, I still take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But this should be another big-time game. This was one other option for that Sunday night football flex. They decided to flex the Chiefs and the Broncos instead of the Chargers and the Bengals. And that's our, our the last spotlight game is Kansas City and the Broncos. The Chiefs, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at Arrowhead taking on the Broncos. And I actually like Denver to cover the nine-and-a-half. It's not a play <laughs> of mine, but I like Denver to cover the nine-and-a-half. Kansas City, as, as you know, have struggled to cover over the last year or so. The one interesting thing is Andy Reid post bye week. I'm sure you guys have heard this throughout the entire week. Andy Reid is as good as anybody after the bye in his time in Philadelphia, his time in, in Kansas City. Seven and one after the bye week with Mahomes, 19 and three in the regular season, and seven and five against the spread. I just don't consider the Broncos, as long as Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, as a true threat to win this game, but I think they cover. 12 straight losses for the Broncos in Kansas City. 
Is 13 the lucky or unlucky number? We are going to find out. This. Yeah, I'm we're going to find out. This. Chiefs, Broncos, little AFC West showdown. First place on the line. He's KJ Carson. I'm Alex Gold. We're just getting started here on the Sunday spread. Our pick six in Sunday studs coming up next. Every Sunday morning, start your day off with FanDuel Game Day from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern with Jeremy Kahn and Chris Mack. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app and streaming live on Twitch.tv. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Come back to the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL. Just getting started here on the Sunday spread. Alex Gold along with KJ Carson. He's in for Grant Paulson this week. And a perfect week to have KJ in as we've talked a lot already about that Bills Patriots showdown. He does radio for WEEI in the Boston area. And we both, I believe, have that Bills Patriots game as one of our picks. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. We've got our Sunday studs as well. Let's get right to the pick six, though. The All right. pick six. He's so excited. He wants to get right to him. I'll let you go first, man. I'll let you go, KJ. So I've got Chicago and the dog. And this may sound absolutely crazy, but it's going to be a heavy, rainy game. And with Kyler Murray coming back into the fold and a windy Chicago, the ball's not going to get up in the air as much. Now, with James Conner, you've got got an excellent back in there. But if there's one thing that Chicago can kind of do okay – is defend the run. And so if Chicago keeps this game low, and they're a seven and a half dog, so if they keep this game low, I don't necessarily see them winning because it's still Matt Nagy. And, well, he can at least get rid of that 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 first-class ticket he probably had in his back pocket for Thanksgiving. They might just tell him, hey, bro, just drive home after this game. Chicago loses, but they cover the spread at seven and a half. So maybe like 17-10, 17-10 game where, you know, the ball's not going to get up in the air. There's not going to be a whole lot of aerodynamics. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he's still going to get his. But we're not talking about anybody, you know, receiving over 100 yards and Kyler Murray throwing for like 275. It's going to be an ugly game for Chicago, but for, for your money, it could be pretty. So I'm taking Chicago at the seven and a half. Yeah, love the hook. I mean, if you, you love the seven and a half. Uh, if you're looking at the, the Chicago Bears in this one, I, I think Andy Dalton starting is, is much better news for you, KJ, on this bet. I mean, if, if Justin Fields was starting uh, overall, I don't know if I would like the bet as much. But with Andy Dalton, 
I could see them being able to hang around enough to, to get you a cover, maybe even a backdoor cover based off the hook. I could see a late touchdown that all of a sudden gets you your cover. You're like, yes, thank you. <laughs> Nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. And, you know, also we, we've seen these quarterbacks that have, have come back from either, you know, COVID absence or an injury absence, and it's taken them a week or so to get there. Even Aaron Rodgers, it was not pretty that first game back against Seattle, and then he returned to form. We don't know what Kyler Murray is going to look like right out of the gate. So I like the, I like the play here as well. I'm going to go back to one of our spotlight games. The Chargers in Cincinnati, and I know we talked a lot about the rushing attack for Cincinnati. Understandably so. Joe Mixon has been fantastic. He scored once in eight straight games. This Chargers defense, as I mentioned, 29th in scoring defense, the worst rush defense in football. But I still believe in Justin Herbert and this Chargers offense, despite the Jekyll and Hyde nature of them. Well, they're coming off a loss. I don't I don't believe this is an offense as good as Justin Herbert is that's going to go multiple weeks with not being all that effective. I'm getting points here. I know Cincinnati was impressive. I like the Chargers plus three against Cincinnati in this game. I think this should be a pick em. And so I'm gonna take the team that's getting points. I think the Chargers can win this thing outright. You look at motivating factors in a game like this. And look, Cincinnati should still have some, but I believe the Chargers recognize if they lose this one and drop to six and six, their season is over. I think this is a massive game. They're going to be up for it and ready to go after a huge letdown loss to the Broncos last week. Yeah, I'm with you there. I can understand where you're saying the Chargers covering the spread. I don't know if they'll cover the win, though. And so I could definitely see Cincinnati possibly winning it on a game-ending field goal. Cincinnati can kind of fall asleep sometimes. And so I think it's going to be a close game. But I don't think the Chargers covered spread. I think the Chargers end up losing probably by one. You know, so it, it, it's going to be a good game. And I don't know if, if the Chargers can turn it around on the road, playing across country again. I mean, literally, when they went to Baltimore, they stunk it up. And now flying to Cincinnati. It's just been a tough schedule for them this year. But, hey, it's what you signed up for, kids. I see Cincinnati covering the, the, uh, the, the three under. All right, what other else? Uh, what other pick do you got here, KJ, in the pick six? I have the Rams covering. I had it at 11 and a half. It, it, it might be going up, but I think the Rams are, yeah, are have been 13, in, isn't it? I think it's up yeah, to 13. it's it's now 13, and I think they've been embarrassed over the last several weeks on national television. If you remember the movie The Great White Hype with Jeff Goldblum and Samuel L. Jackson where Keenan Ivory Wayans decides, uh, Damon Wayans says, you're going to embarrass me on TV? And decides to beat up Irish Joe Conklin. I think that's what the Rams recognize, that they probably have been played that tape of the Bills-Jacksonville game on loop to make sure they understand that if they miss out on this game, they may miss out on their destiny and what the <clears throat> management has been paying for. So not only do I see the Rams covering the spread of 13, they might beat Jacksonville like they're literally grand larceny, grand larceny suspects. It's, it, it's going to be bad. It, I, I could see the Rams getting into the 40s in this game with the Jacksonville team that has a problem getting out of the 20s. So I could see a game 40 to, to 40 to 17 easily. The Rams covered spread. Yeah, it comes in in a week where Sean McVay's taking a little bit of heat. There's a couple articles out there about him in the second half of a season and why he's not been able to make adjustments in his career, no matter what the quarterback is. And there was a quote from an anonymous 
uh, former assistant, I believe it was, saying that he's soft and this is why players like playing for him. I'm with it. It seems like there's a lot of, all right, uh, we're going to prove all of you wrong. Middle finger to everybody else. We're still yep. in the mix. Don't forget about us. And so I think it is a good spot there as well. I'm, uh, my next game I'm headed to is the Miami Dolphins, who are one of the other hotter teams in, in football. We talk about, about the Patriots, but the Dolphins, if you look at their schedule and it continues this week against the Giants, who will not have Daniel Jones, the Dolphins might end up winning seven games in a row and end up getting to seven and seven here pretty quick. It's crazy if you start looking to get the Jets in a couple weeks as well. I like the Dolphins minus four and a half. This is another one of those games, KJ, where the line is actually ballooned up to, to six and a half since this bet was placed. And it comes on the news of Daniel Jones not playing and Mike Lennon going to be the quarterback for the Giants here. There's also some more uh, position players, in particular skill players on the wide receiver core that are still banged up. I'll give Tua credit. I had ridden him off. I figured they had to move on, and I still think they have to have a serious conversation about moving on to the offseason. But he's played a lot better these last couple of weeks. Brian Flores has his team playing really well. I like the Dolphins in this spot and a chance to really extend this streak out against the Giants team that, yes, they beat Philadelphia last week, but I think that was more about Jalen Hurts being hurt in the game and not being all that effective more than it was the Giants offensively looking great. Oh, they could have kept Daniel Jones in there and it still would move up to six and a half. Let's just be honest. <laughs> when the Giants go on the road, they, I mean, they are absolutely horrible. But when you keep the Dolphins at home, it's just amazing what they can achieve. And as you're saying that, you know, only behind the Patriots do the uh, do the, uh, the 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 Dolphins have the longest winning streak right now in the league. So I think Brian Flores and management, they, they, they said, you know what, let's huddle around what we have and let's see what we can do versus all the Deshaun Watson talk that you continually heard over and over again, which, which clearly now is a distraction because it hasn't lingered over. So, you know, it's it, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good life if you get to stay in Miami for two straight weeks. You play the Panthers one week and then you play the Giants the next week. It, what what a way to get healthy and like you said, the way the schedule builds up for them to get back to 500 would be an amazing story considering how the season has been. So, at six and a half, no Daniel Jones and no real energy and probably no Joe Judge in a couple of weeks. I, I definitely with you with Miami and the six and a half for sure. The Dolphins season is a perfect representation of what this entire NFL season has been, right? I mean, oh so God. unpredictable. I mean, there's very few times in an NFL season, in NFL history, that you've had a team that started, you know, the way the Dolphins had to, to now end up maybe finishing with seven, eight plus wins when this thing is all said and done. And that's a great, hey, look, there's a credit to, to Brian Flores. I know where your last pick is. You know what my last pick is. We're on opposite sides. I like the Bills minus two and a half. You like New England plus the two and a half points. You like them to win outright too on the road. Absolutely. You're looking at a Bills team that has had problems running the ball. They're bringing in Matt Breida. If you're bringing in a guy in the 10th week of the season to fix your running game, your running game is not going to be fixed. This is not Madden's free agent thing where if I use enough coins, I can go ahead and buy Bo Jackson and solve my problem. That's not how it works. So with the Bills not committed to running the football, and I'll give their defense a lot of credit, but at the same time, I will say, look who they've who they've wet the bed against and look who they've looked great against. The Jets, Texans, um, they didn't look good against Derrick Henry when he was still there. Jonathan Taylor pretty much made a resume tape against them. So the, 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 the Pats have averaged 138 yards rushing 
since week five. So this is a team that's committed to the run. And the one week that Daniel Jones threw for over 300 yards, it wasn't in a comeback victory. It was just one of those situations where, hey, look, and that was last week. So you're talking about a quarterback, and I know you hear all the Brady comparisons to yeah. Brady's 2001 year. It's really more like the 2003 year, not the 14-2 and two record, but it's the year that Brady only threw for like 235 yards a game, one of the lowest in his season. We won't even count the 2001 year. So Mac Jones is in a situation where he can really propel this team in even in tough games like this, where weather is not going to matter. He doesn't depend on the long ball for the games to be won. The running game is fully intact. If there's one thing I would hold on to in Buffalo is Ramondre Stevenson, who's the second portion of this running game, uh, was kept out of games early in the season because of fumbling issues. So if it's the same weather for everybody, that is the one thing you can hold your hat on to. But I would not dip my buffalo wing into that sauce, Buffalo. Take this <laughs> L. Get back to where you belong like the Beatles special on Disney+. Plus. You've always been a second-rate, fourth-rate team in a five-team division. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going a little this, homer I was going to say, this feels like a little a little rivalry currently between, between Boston and the city of Buffalo as well. I'm on the Bills minus the two-and-a-half. We're going to learn a lot about the Patriots. I'm not ready to believe that they actually are as good as their, their team has been playing. What I mean by that is you were bringing up schedules and losses for the Bills. Hello, we can do that to a certain extent with the New England Patriots as well. Some of their wins during this winning streak. I mean, it's a Chargers team that's not been the same team. It's the Tennessee Titans that's not the same team. The Jets are mixed in there as well. We're going to find out everything about Mac Jones and the Patriots on, on Monday night. And next week on this show, if the, if the Patriots go into Buffalo and get a win, then obviously I'm going to have to take the Patriots more seriously when they play the Bills the next go-around. I mean, this is a must-win game for Buffalo because they do have that return trip uh, to Foxborough in a couple weeks as well. I, I just think with Mac Jones, bigger picture, I still have some questions. I know this is just one game, but in the playoffs, if New England somehow ends up as the number one seed, I don't view them as this juggernaut number one seed because they're still rolling with a you know a rookie quarterback out there. But I think Bill Belichick saw what happened with Tom Brady last year at Tampa, and that was all the motivation he needed. They went out and spent a ton of money this offseason to get weapons, and I think that motivated Bill Belichick even more than what maybe you would typically see from a Bill Belichick coach team. Don't but mess we, with Bill. I'm trying to tell you. We can all agree, though, on this. That is that we got a big-time game on Monday night. I cannot wait for it. I'm excited. I don't think I, anybody's blowing out anybody. I think this is going to be a very competitive football game. And you mentioned the weather impact as well. So those are our pick six. How about our Sunday studs? Let's get to them right now. The Sunday Spread presents the Sunday Studs. All right, just a couple minutes on these here. I'm going to go to the 49ers in the Seahawks game. Elijah Mitchell over 86 and a half rushing yards talking about another hot team right now the 49ers playing really well and it's been on really the the backs of elijah mitchell in this backfield in san francisco he's averaging over five yards a carry and this is a seattle team that is toast absolutely toast i think they recognize it as well my favorite quote this week though was from uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport talking about the Seahawks signing Adrian Peterson. He says, another sign that Seattle's all in. What? Adrian Peterson's washed up. They need to blow the whole thing up in Seattle. Their season's done. I like the 49ers in this game, and I like Elijah Mitchell to have an 85-plus yard rushing day against them as well. 
I agree with you, Alex, because Debo Samuel being out, you can say that Elijah Mitchell is going to get more carries. So, again, Seattle's one of those teams just in flux where clearly now their their recent history precedes what they are on the field right now. Uh, whatever they have, it's on the offensive end, and that's been very limited. And once you know that if you can't get things on the going with the ball on the offensive end, the defense stays out there longer. I think the Seattle team, when they played Green Bay a couple weeks ago, they were on there for almost 100 plays. So when you're doing that, that means you're running the ball. Uh, the only thing that would mess up your stud would be Jimmy Garoppolo feeling like suddenly he can throw the ball everywhere, and you don't <laughs> want that to happen. All right, well, we got 60 seconds, KJ, so let, let's see. Let me hear your, your Sunday studs, too. I like Tyler Conklin over 30 and a half yards for the Vikings. Um, Detroit doesn't want to be embarrassed at home, even though people who go to the games are embarrassed already. Um, so you're, you're going to see a defensive uh, alignment that's going to say, we've got to stop Thielen, got to stop Jefferson. It's going to give a lot of room for Tyler Conklin in the middle. So I don't know necessarily that he's going to be a touchdown guy, but definitely over 30 and a half yards in that Vikings game. One other Sunday studs for me, Adam Thielen. You mentioned it right there. I think they will focus in on him. I like Adam Thielen under 66 yep. and a half receiving yards yeah. against the Detroit Lions. Those are our Sunday studs here on the Sunday spread. He's KJ Carson. I'm Alex Gold. We go around the league and oh yeah, we chuck up a Hail Mary. Next. Get the table set for all your pro football wagering needs. You're listening to the Sunday Spread on the BetQL Network with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL. We'll get to our Hail Mary plays of the week before we wrap things up here on the Sunday Spread. I'm Alex Gold. KJ Carson in for Grant Paulson having a lot of fun hanging out here. And congrats to some of you if you're still alive in your Survivor Leagues heading into <laughs> Week 13. Last week was a disaster. I think everybody kind of had figured, KJ, that Week 12, if you were still around, you look at the matchups that you were in a bit of trouble if you, if you already uh, were down a couple of those contenders. And even last week, so many of the bye weeks messed it up. I, I got eliminated with my Cowboys pick on Thanksgiving, KJ. So I'm still a little <laughs> bummed out about that. Are the Lions still available in Survivor for anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if anybody if anybody has the guts to ever use the Lions, they I mean, and, and it pays off their one win they're going to maybe get this year, uh, then, then good for you. Although in, in my Survivor League, a tie would have made you or would have been all right for you. That that game they tied against the Steelers. I know. 
It's not how my. Do you su- not how my- do you tie in Survivor? Either you survive or you don't. I'm with you. Not my not my rules. I'm with you. I, we had it at our station. It was a contest. I don't understand how you can tie and move on in Survivor. You're correct. I'm with you 100. percent Participation trophy society, jeez. <laughs> All right, we got a full slate here in week 13. AJ, gonna help me. Let's get through the around the league here. We start with the Minnesota Vikings and those Detroit Lions. The Vikings seven and a half point favorites. The total at 46 and a half. If you're just looking for the numbers on this one, the Vikings one and eight against the spread in their last nine as a favorite, while the Lions are 4-1 against the spread. I mean, this Vikings team is in every game. We know that. They're always going to hang around. This time, though, they're the 7.5-point favorites, which scares me a little bit because we know they find ways to either get the backdoor cover when they're dogs or if they're a favorite, they let teams hang around. I stay away from this game. It's why it's not a pick six for me, but I actually like Detroit to cover the 7.5. I just don't trust the Minnesota Vikings, KJ, I know they're playing well, quote-unquote. They're coming off a loss, but they, they don't blow anybody out. That's their problem. They always lead. We know this. They always lead in football games, which typically is a great thing. But they yeah, well, find Minnesota, ways to Well, Minnesota will put points on the board. Detroit will not. So the earlier they put them on the board, the closer I am to taking that seven-point spread. I, I like Minnesota at seven-under. All right, so let's do Arizona, Chicago. Uh, Arizona, a seven point fav- a seven and a half point favorite in Chicago. I'm actually taking the uh, the dog here, Chicago, because of the weather. Andy Dalton is going to make less mistakes than Justin Fields. Look, if Justin Fields was playing in this game, I don't even know if seven and a half points would be even scored by Chicago. My gosh, it would be like watching a high school game. But because Andy Dalton has been a professional and has been successful in this league, he's not going to throw for 300 yards, but he will be able to hand off the ball. So even though I don't think Chicago will win, I see them covering the seven and a half spread. I don't see Arizona being able to throw the ball around everywhere like they like to. Yeah, I want to see what Kyler Murray looks like in his first game back. I want to see what Hopkins looks like in his first game back as well. I didn't know this, uh, KJ. Uh, are you Have you been a meteorologist in your prior life? Because... I, look, weather factors in, but this is like this is the third game where I've heard weather mentioned. You've been checking weather.com, the Weather Channel, more than anybody. I like it. I mean, I, I the Bills actually, game. Actually, I'm a Benjamin Banneker guy, and I own an almanac. I've been having, I've had <laughs> almanacs since 1863. You know, so but yeah, it's important in December. September, it is. Not no, so it is. Yeah. It, it is. No, weather definitely plays a role, and when you're doing sports betting, you got to look. I'm just giving you a hard time, obviously. Uh, based off of, of the weather mentions here on the show. But how about uh, a place where we know weather will not be an issue? Tampa Bay going to Atlanta. They're indoors. No weather reports here. It's going to be 75 degrees, no wind whatsoever, maybe even a little chillier than that in the dome. I think they keep those domes a little chilly. Uh, but Tampa minus 10 and a half at Atlanta. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, has no issue in their own division. We know this. They're three games clear uh, of Atlanta and New Orleans, so that's not the problem here. What I want to know is suddenly the more and more off-the-field drama with Antonio Brown and what kind of weapons that they're going to have is going to impact this team. Not today uh, or uh, on this game on Sunday. Tampa will have no problem covering against Atlanta, minus 10.5 points. Look, the the Falcons just don't have any weapons. Cordero Patterson's having a fantastic fantastic season. I understand that, but that's all they got. Kyle Pitts, you can can key in on Kyle Pitts. Other than that, they have nothing else going for them. I like Tampa. My only other thing with this game is is going to be a little bit later on in the season is does Tampa, you know, ever get healthy fully? They're such a banged-up team in the secondary. Devin White may not play in this game as well, but I like Tampa. 
Uh, yeah, the key words you said there was not today, not for Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Ten and a half under. I, Matt Ryan is pretty much just counting the days to when he could be like the rent-a-quarterback for a team that says we're just a quarterback away from winning a championship now. So ten and a half, Tampa, you'll see it. It's just really a question of this Tom Brady throw the three. Have you seen that that the the cap hit for Matt Ryan next year? It's like forty four and a half million dollars. He's the John Wall of the NBA uh, of the NFL. Yeah. Totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to Indy at Houston. Uh, really, is this a line? They they, they have an open line now, now. I'll give here. I'll give Houston their flowers. Since Tyrod Taylor has come back into the team's the lineup, the team has shown some life, and there's an unpredictability. But let's be honest, if if, if um, what is the guy, Davis Mills, whatever the guy's name was, was still in the there. Long this, neck, the long neck. Oh, yeah. If he was still in there, this would be an 18-point spread. Now, I, I, I like the 10-point spread for Indy because with the running game with Jonathan Taylor, it's something you can continue to do as the game goes on. You're, you're not asking Carson Wentz to th- throw for 250 or anything like that. So they pound that ball on the ground. It's going to be a 10-point victory easily on the road in Houston for Indy. Yeah, the difference from a week ago, we knew they couldn't run all that well against Tampa because Tampa's one of the best rush defenses in football. Until that final drive, Jonathan Taylor couldn't get going. Well, the Texans don't have anybody like Vita Vea on the defensive line or anything like that. So I'm with you. I like the Colts in this spot as they continue to keep the pressure on the Tennessee Titans all of a sudden in that AFC South race. Uh, Next up for me, uh, we're going around the league to New York. That'd be the Jets hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly seven-point favorites, the total at 45. Philadelphia only a half game out of that final wildcard spot. Again, they laid an egg last week against the Giants. The only concern here is... Philadelphia's quarterback Jalen Hurts still acknowledged that he's banged up. He's going to have to play Hurt in this one. But man, we all watched Zach Wilson last week against those Houston Texans. I know the Jets got a win, but Zach Wilson threw for 145 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, had a passer rating of 58 and a half. They didn't win because of Zach Wilson. The question in this game is, does Zach Wilson make any mistakes? If he does, it's a blowout. If not, it's probably close, and there's a chance that that the Jets have this thing within 10 entering the fourth quarter and you're going to be maybe sweating this game out. But I like Philly minus the seven. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, literally the Jets have four letters in their name and may not get four wins this year. That's how bad they are. Like You can't get a, you can't get the same amount of wins that you have in the letters in your name of your team. That's it. like we're talking about the Jets here. And Zach Wilson, you're absolutely right. There was one play that was like, is this Pop Warner, bro? So that interception I'm with- was awful. I, it, it, I'm with you, man. Anytime I get to bet against the Jets, I don't care what the spread is. The spread could be peanut butter and jelly for all I care, and I would still bet against the Jets. I'm with you. Six and a half for the Eagles. I'm with you. All right, next game on the docket in Sunday spread. It, it's it's your game, Alex. The Chargers at the Bengals. The Chargers are three and a half point dog. I mentioned that because I believe they will cover the spread, but you. You believe that they will cover the spread? Yeah, I like the Chargers to do it. I don't think the Bengals are that much better of a football team here. I mean, let, let's not mistake, you know, the Bengals who also have lost to the Jets and the Browns this season. So to me, the, the Bengals aren't in a position where they should be just a surefire play for anybody. The Chargers are in a must-win situation. I like a team that has that motivation. I mean, we all just witnessed on Friday night in college football what happens when you're a team that doesn't have any motivation like the Oregon Ducks. 
I think that translates to the NFL also. Just if your team doesn't have as much motivation, that's not a question in this game. Both these teams should be motivated. So, yeah, you know my pick here. I like the Chargers, and I'm a little disappointed to see that the line's gone up to three and a half because I have the Chargers at plus three. So I got a bad number, it looks like, if that's ultimately what it settles in at at kickoff. Uh, next up, th this is one that I also have a play on, the Giants six and a half point dogs at Miami. I did get a good number here, though. I got Miami minus four and a half. I do like the Dolphins in this game. They opened as two and a half point favorites, so props to you if you were able to, to get the Dolphins at minus two and a half. No Daniel Jones, the big story in this one. Yeah, Daniel Jones, Mike Glennon, it really is all the same when you think about it. And, and the way that the Dolphins have kind of turned things around over these last few weeks, you have to be impressed with the effort they put forward. Um, we talked about early that they could end up being a near 500 team by the time the season is over. And one of the teams that are going to help them do that is the New York Giants. I, I, what I see from Saquon Barkley back on the field is not the same player at all. You mentioned earlier the receiver core is out. Uh, they wonder about whether Ingram shows up from week to week. It's, the answer has usually been no. So seeing Miami cover at six, now six and uh, six, six and a half, I'd even, I mean, if I'd even take a hook and say, sure, I think it'll be a full touchdown that they win this game by. All right, this is going to be a nail-biter in Vegas. Washington football team at Vegas. No Darren Waller. Washington football team is a, is a dog at one and a half. That I'm taking them to not only cover the spread, but to win the game. I like what I see out of the effort of this team. They're starting to come around Tyler Heineke, and he's showing himself to be uh, a bona fide uh, late bloomer that sometimes always appears in the league. That's the guy who kind of hung around, wasn't really considered very much, took night courses at your local college, you know. But but now he seems to have kind of a little of a Brett Favre gumption to him that the game is never too big for him. And I think with with the tools missing for Derek Carr, his, his primary weapon, Derek Waller, out, you now have to say, well, are you going to really rely on Jacobs for your running game and be successful? And I think that steps right into the teeth of Washington's defense. And I, I like Washington not only to cover the spread, but to win the game. Taylor Heineke, fun to watch, no question. And Terry McLaurin, still one of the more underappreciated wide receivers in football. That's a little around the league. It is that time, though, KJ, before we hand things off here on BetQL for our Hail Marys. It's now time for the Hail Mary. All right, 60 seconds to get them out there. How about Kirk Cousins in the Vikings against the Lions? You got Justin Herbert in the Chargers against uh, those Cincinnati Bengals and then Tom Brady against Atlanta each to have over 300 yards passing in their games plus 700. I like the bet. I, I I like it. I, you look at Cousins and that defense with Detroit. They may just lay down. I think Justin Herbert, like you mentioned, is going to have to use that arm. And Tom Brady is always next to a 300 yard passing game. But like my shirt represents EPMD, every parlay makes dollars. I've got Alexander Madison, David Montgomery, and Austin Eckler, and Cordell Patterson each to have 75-plus rushing yards at plus 2,300. You don't Those make are money. Hail Marys, KJ. Yeah. I like it. Thanks to KJ Carson. This has been the Sunday Spread on BetQL. Sunday, get all your wagertainment with the You Better You Bet countdown to kick off from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app and streaming live on Twitch.tv.